Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, welcome again to another episode of Age of Heroes. Uh, this is your host, JP Saricolia. Again, welcome. Uh, thank you for spending time with me. I hope you're having a good day in the middle of this week. Uh, but today, uh, I want to talk about something that I've been th thinking about for quite some time. Um, and I really had the opportunity to really discuss it because there's always something going on. There's a lot of stuff in this geek world. We have a lot of news a lot of information, there's always something happening, something interesting, something fun to talk about, so I talk about those things. Uh, and I, but I wanted to talk about this, and this is in regards to slaving comic books. Um, is it good or is it bad? Um, because there's a lot to talk about it. You know, I have a lot of friends that love to slap their comic books. Uh, I'm not a fan of it, uh, per se. I understand the, the principle behind it. But I want to discuss it today, and I want to talk about it, the pros and the cons, and also uh, I want to share my view, my personal view, but also I want to, to explore other ideas and why is it that people love to do those things. But uh, the reason why I want to talk about it today, and it was, I was prompted to do it over the weekend, uh, going through the Twitter, I was, you know, of course, I follow different artists and a lot of people, um, and I love to follow Eric Larson. Uh, for those who do not know, Eric Larson um, is a creator. Um, he was a pioneer and uh, pretty much one of the creators of Image Comics. He was one of the first partners with Jim Lee uh, and it, everybody else, you know, that they got together. Uh, and I love Eric Larson. I love Eric Larson since, uh, I would say, since his times with Amazing Spider-Man. That's when I knew Eric Larson, when he was doing stuff for Amazing Spider-Man after, um, in this case, McFarlane. And actually, I prefer Eric Larson's work. And if you have followed my book reviews on YouTube, uh, you know that I'm a big fan of Eric Larson's work. And I review many of his books. Uh, I love his work. And, of course, after he went to Image Comics and he created the Savage Dragon, I love the Savage Dragon. The longest, I would say, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I, I, is the longest comic book uh, created by the same person, the single, same creator, writes and draws the art, and he's the longest that has ever done it. And uh, he still does it. You know, the Savage Dragon still sells. It's very popular. Uh, uh, you know, I love the Savage Dragon. And I love Eric Larson. I love his, 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 he has open mind. He is, can be a, sometimes a bit hard and abrasive. It might come across as abrasive. I have encounters with him before. Uh, he was very kind to answer to some of my questions, private messages that I did through Facebook. Uh, he's very, you know, I, I would say generous on that end. But he is very firm in what he believes. Um, he also has uh, political views a lot of people disagree with. He is very liberal in his views. Uh, I'm not conservative. I'm not liberal. Um, I would say I'm in the middle. I'm an independent in my way to, to see things. I have conservative values, but also see things with a, a more liberal views. So I'm in between, like most people I would say in America are. Uh, the vast majority of Americans, or the vast majority of the people in the world, we are in the middle um, in, in our views and our opinions. But Eric Larson is always open. You know, he always expresses his mind, something that I really appreciate. He always expresses. Sometimes I come, come across a bit abrasive, but definitely I love the fact, I always love a person that is willing to express his opinion regardless of what everybody says. But recently he was... Um, uh, over the weekend, he posted this with in regards to his slaving comics, and I'm going to have the links for you so you can go to those sites and, of course, read them yourself. But uh, in this side of conversation, he he posted this on, on Twitter saying, for me, as a fan and a consumer, I don't buy slab books. A slab book means it's both overpriced and literally unreadable. 
And of course, he had likes and people uh, retweeted the message. And I definitely agree with what he's saying. And of course, that prompted a response on people disagreeing with him. You know, there's always going to be that conversation. People saying that they don't agree with that opinion uh, because they believe in the, the collectible value of a lot of these books. And he replies back. Uh, somebody replied this, man, I dig your points and a lot of things, but your view here is just wrong. You buy a slab to own the best copy of a book you love. If I love it, I likely have a reader copy too or collected edition. Same with my collectors. Why do you think we can have any or the other? And he responded this. I'm thinking more about golden or silver age books that are more rare and which have a tangible aesthetic that doesn't translate to digital. It's loving a comic of Ben and two volume seven, whatever, no harm done, but it's loving fantastic. Fantastic Comics 2 from 1940s, another kettle of fish. Now, of course, he, it's, uh, he goes on, this another one, I buy all go, uh, Golden Age books that I can page through and see what those creators did and see those old ads and all that. It's lap one and double the price and you made it worthless to, and you made it worthless to me. It's unreadable and expensive. And he says a bad word on that one. And he continues on, obviously people can do whatever they like with the books. They're theirs. I'm just saying, for me as a customer, Slabs are deterrent, not a benefit. And um, someone asked, what is a slab book? And he replied, comics in tome, in plastic like this. And he posts a picture of Mason Spider-Man, um, uh, you know, the first issue of Mason Spider-Man. So he could continue on, and there's a back and forth and all of that. And, you know, it was kind of cool. I, I love I love Eric Larson in the sense that he speaks his mind. He's not afraid to say what needs to be said. And I can I, agree with him in a lot of terms. Now, I'm not here to say that slabbing is wrong. But at the same time, I believe that slabbing is part of, of, of is the trade that, or is the, it's kind of like the tail of the speculation market. It's pretty much the aftermath or a reboom or a rehashing or a rebirth of the speculation market in the 90s that was between the 80s, the late 80s and the mid 90s, which actually kind of was a, a early 90s, was a downfall. It really contributed to pretty much um, the downfall of the comic book industry in one way, although it didn't completely fall because we're still here. So sometimes people say the downfall of the destruction of the comic book industry when they talk about those things. It's just, it definitely isn't hyper, hyperbole because, you know, ultimately it's not what really happened, you know, because the comic book industry survived the mess of the 90s and was able to still, uh, still to survive up to this day in one way, shape or form. People still love comics. Now, uh, Slavin comics which is a slang and um, technically for what you know preserving these comics in in a case in a plastic case and of course being graded by a professional grader and I say this with uh, you know with some um, uh, you know with some limitations on it because to be honest with you what makes a grader a grader where do you go you know how can you become a grader comic books do you have any type of professional background in grading uh, books or do you go to college to be a grader uh, like other type of collectibles so people become graders because they have a professional take on this how can you become a professional grader uh, the industry of the, the slaving um, you know which is technically a slang 
uh, um, really grading these comics and put them in this case, well, it started back in the early 2000s. You know, wasn't the 2000s? It's not something that has been too old. It's something that happens kind of recently when uh, some companies were created. There were actually three companies that are the most well known and respected, uh, and actually the ones that actually are most people trust uh, in their grading system. You got CGC, uh, you got PGX, and you got CBCS. Th- those are the three companies. Uh, CGC is the most recognized comics guarantee uh, and the one that a lot of people like and of course uh, they are based in Sarasota, Florida which is not really far from where I live um, but definitely um, they are the company uh, they were founded actually in New Jersey but the headquarters are in Florida but the company is the most well known uh, probably the most well respected uh, because of the grading system now now with the grading part there's always a little bit of a scary situation here because I've heard so many scary stories Stories. A lot of people that have been um, technically have paid. What happened is this. Uh, let's go back to the beginning so we can kind of retrace how is the process starts. You go, let's say you buy a comic book, a special issue, whatever issue, whether it's an old golden age, whether it's a silver age, any age. You find a treasure. You want to slab it. What do you do? You contact these companies uh, and uh, what they do, you send it to them for grading. Um, they and it, you go to a provider, a market, a place. Sometimes you go to uh, a comic book conventions. They have their own booth, so you go to a comic book shop and they, you just hand it to them. They're special distributors. They have they handle the stuff for you. They send it to them and then they grade it and they send it back to you with a grade number. It means that it has been graded for any type of defect, flaws. It comes in boss, you know, and well not embossed comes in a little uh, shell case well protected supposedly it's well protected is uh, is uh, what ultrasounds you know it's all kind of weird things that they do according to this and uh, they put it and send it back to you and now it's preserved for their posterity you can sell it you can trade it, you can collect it based on the value of the grading because it's going to be preserved for life however once inside the case wasn't was once it's in tone in tomb there's no way you can get it out and you can read it again so you're done so you have to have an extra copy or you have to have a digital copy so technically this is more for collectors this is not necessarily for somebody that likes to read comics now there are pros and cons and i will have a um actually a link to you to um uh, in this case a blog uh or a yeah it's a blog uh, by comicspectrum.com um uh, it's blog and this it was back in 2014 so it's been five years ago uh, over close to five years uh, when he posted, you know, the, the to a slap or not to slap. He talks about the pros and cons. There's no citing. He's telling you what are the process, how the, you know, in this case, the process begins and what are the benefits of it. And also what are the things that are not as good at it? So he presented, so he gives you a clear idea of how the process goes and what it means for people that are into collectibles. Now, I want to cite on this. And I'm going to play devil's advocate here, too, of course. And, well, maybe so in one way or not, I'm going to express my opinion. I hate slabbing. I'm just going to be straight up. I I don't understand the concept behind it. Uh, Yeah, I understand the concept. I'm sorry. But I don't get it. You know, this is the thing. I understand why people want to do it for a collectible value. I do understand if you want to slap, like, issues like, I don't know, the first issue of Spider-Man or the first issue of the Fantastic Four. I understand that for collectible purposes. Some of them have gone for really high prices, over a million dollars and all that stuff. Uh, Some detective comics, you know, things like that. You know, I understand the collectible aspect of it. However, as a comic book reader, I don't understand. Oh, I don't get it. I don't get it why. 
why people like to do it. However, in this, particularly in this time and age, when I see the speculation boom coming back again, what I see, and I need to talk about it in a, in a special podcast, I will talk about it in regards to all this uh, multiple covers, you know, variant covers. It seems that it's a boom again of variant covers, something that happened in the 90s. Um, you know, comics that had no value because the t- realities of the stories are not great, and they're just not all new stories, but they have all these variant covers, and you have to go to different websites, and some of my favorite artists are part of it, too. You know, like J. Scott Campbell, he sell all these variants on his website. You know, he signs them, so they're more expensive. Some people are buying all this because they're buying on the hype of these covers, and, um, you know, and they do this. Or sometimes what they do, they get that. I have friends that they even, and I'm not pointing names, I'm not saying anybody, I respect people, but I have people that they think the recent most copy, like he was saying, Eric Larson, the most recent Venom uh, issue one or issue two of volume seven, which technically is like, Nobody cares because it's not the beginning of Venom. It's not the first issue of Venom. It's not a, a, an important aspect of the life of Venom. I understand uh, if you want to slap some comics that are iconic because of the story itself. You know, the introduction of Superman, the introduction of Wonder Woman. I understand some issues that are key issues, uh, the death of Gwen Stacy. I understand those things. Um, but, um, you know, slapping everything just for the fun of it, just because you like the cover. And to me, it takes away the, the, the fun aspect aspect of reading comics you know i read comics for reading comics however like i mentioned before i have moved from you know physical copies into books i love omnibuses because i can get full runs and the paper quality is better than of course the the paper that is used for comic books uh, it's a much better quality it's more preserved you know it's digitally remastered i love those omnibuses the digital collections i read digital collections um because it's easier for me i collect the books that's the collectible aspect of it I love them. I can open it when I feel like it, and I can go through different runs and review them. And also, I can review them in a person, not only in my videos, but also review them myself when I need to go through the stories once again. But for practicality, I prefer to do digital books. I read digital on my tablet, on my phone. It's easier at whatever I'm at, when I'm taking a break. If I'm at work and I'm taking a break, I can read. If I'm traveling, uh, you know, in a, you know, in a train, plane, whatever, in a car, and I'm just sitting in the back, I'm just can do it in a hotel room, whatever, whatever I'm at, I can just enjoy the comic book. Now, I'm a collector. You know, I collect a lot of things, but this is something that I've never really, I really felt compelled to collect the way it's collected. When I prefer like the basic thing, when you grab, you know, you grab the, the old fashioned way to collect things, you grab it, you put it in the little bore with the little plastic thing, you put them in there and they're preserved. I believe that that's all you can do. And that's the best you can do, because if you really want to collect this comic book stories, in my opinion, it's about opening those books. You know, maybe you need to use gloves or whatever, uh, enjoying you know, the book itself. You know, if you're a book collector, it's more, a comic book collector, it's more about just selling and trading. And this is the problem with the boom, you know, with the speculation boom. It was all about trading. People are not really investing into the comic books because they love the comic books. It's more about they love the trading aspect of having something that is rare so they can resell later for some money and to make some money, which I'm not against because it's a free market. People can do whatever with the money. But I feel that it really deters the comic book readers or people to get into comic books because it becomes a business becomes business it's a stigma that you have to have the best of the best and of course all these grading issues and all this way that they grade one comic to the next you know they can go like if you are less than a nine point something then you're pretty much unsellable or you you can sell it but for lesser money and sometimes the difference between at 8.8 and 9.2 and a 9.8 are 
not there. You know, who determines what flaws are there? Because first of all, nobody has opened the book, the, you know, the darn thing. Nobody's really reading it. You're just going by the word of somebody that calls himself a professional. And I have heard so many different bad stories. You know, I read so many stories online, uh, even on Facebook groups and all that stuff of people that have worked for this grading companies and they have a lot of horror stories to tell. And technically you're paying for grading. You're paying for a number. So if you pay more, you get a better grading. If you pay less, you get less. So there's a lot of horror stories. Now, I'm not trying to say that these companies are there just to profit out of somebody's mystery. I don't, I don't think so. I think they're doing the job. But, you know, there's so many variables on it. And so many things that are kind of iffy to really know how can you determine what makes a professional graded a professional grader. It's just Peter or Paul that they just got hired and they told how to do it and they put it in both and they put the number. Or is somebody that has a professional, uh, what kind of professional experience can you have in order to work that job? Now, I'm not here to doubt people's experience of work because we all have ex different experiences of work. Some of this may be they work in the stamp, you know, stamps grading, you know, like the things that they, the people that collect stamps and all that stuff. But this, that's something that has been done for years. And, and of course, it's based on runs. It's based on the time it was done and the specialty of that. And it's been done for many, many years. But the comic book grading system is something that is very, very recent. And to me, it's like if you have a 9.2 on, uh, you know, like a, a Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man uh, comic book, and they have a 9.2 a Spider-Man that it just came out two months ago. To me, it's like they're both 9.2, you know, so what it makes the what who determines the value. So the price range is very iffy because you have to go to all these websites where they tell you what the price is. And it always goes up and down and drops. But who determines the price? That's the thing. So there's no really a system in place that I would say is completely accurate. It's just more speculation. It's just somebody giving a number and saying a number. And the same happens with the grading part. Somebody gives it a number based on their, what they think, not necessarily what it's a system. A, a, you know, scientific method that tells them exactly how to have to grade it. So that's just my opinion in regards to it. Uh, and to be honest with you, I, I'm not here to say, you know, because I have a lot of friends that they do that. You know, I collector, I have collectors that love to collect and they, they post, they put them in the little frames and put them on the walls and they put them in the different files and they collect them for that purpose. That's all they do. And some other people like to, uh, statue collectors love to have their statue uh, and they have the comic book graded on the side just as, a, you know, if it's based, the artist, the, the statue is based on that cover. So they like to do that. And it's kind of nice. I love those type of the displays. And I understand why people do it. However, it's not my cup of tea. And I'm not here to say people should stop doing it. I just feel that at the same time, it um, it is a bit iffy world where definitely it's more about how you're paying for value, but not necessarily you're gaining that value. Because the same happened in the 90s with the speculation system. People were buying covers because they say, well, they're rare because this and that. And uh, all of that and what it did, it was just brought, a, it was a, fl a flood of the market with so many variables and covers. And now you see more and more comic book stores, you know, selling all those grading graded comics that people are not really reading, you know. And, you know, I understand the, the value of preserving the art and the, the stuff. But uh, I love museums where you're able to see, and I go to museums a lot. I love museums, my, my wife and I. But I love to go to a museum where you're able to see the books, you know, the historical books open for people to see them they're not graded they're not in tomb of course you cannot touch them but they're open you know when you go and see the uh, the u.s constitution it's right there for you to see it 
I like to see comics like that because there's some ex- inexperience of comics. Yes, we want to preserve it, and I understand that principle and some of the stories that need to be preserved. But to be honest with you, grading every single comic, and you know, in this case, uh, slabbing all of them, all part of your collection, it's not really adding any value to you. You're doing it just for for, for the fun, you know, maybe for fun of it. Not necessarily because it's really adding value, because ultimately you're going by the word of a person that, you know, is just doing as a job. It not necessarily knows or has the professional experience to determine if the comic book is valid or not. To me, I can tell you one thing. I don't care if it's a new, uh, I would say, Deadpool comic book that just came out, if it's a 9.8, or it's a new cover by uh, J. Scott Campbell makes a new cover for, I would say, for the Phoenix or for the X-Men, and it's considered a 9.9 or even a 10 just because it's, well, well, there's not really 10s, but a 9.8, and it's perfect. I'd rather get me at, I would say, a 5 point or a 1.2 or 2.2 first edition or first issue of the Fantastic Four. I have preference for that over that. Even though I love J. Scott Campbell, there's something about that, that comic book. But I would prefer to have that comic book in my hand, open it, and read it through just as it was intended from the get-go. I'd rather have that than have something that is just engraved and tomb and that, and it's I'm only looking at the cover, but I'm not looking at the whole picture. Because comic books, are, it's not about the cover. It's about what's inside. But that's just my personal opinion. Of course, I have the digital collections. Of course, I have the omnibuses, and I enjoy them as well. But if I want to go back in time and want to reminisce of the stuff that when I grew up, I want to open that comic book. And I want to smell the the paper and I want to see those ads and I want to see, you know, the way they saw it, the way my father did, the way I did when I was a kid, the way all these people have done it over time, over years. I want to I want to relive that experience. But that's just my opinion. Of course, I'm not against it. I'm not saying here, not standing here just to tell you that you should not do it. It's up to you. It's a free world. I think people have to do it for their personal reasons. You should do it just because you want to do it, not because you're forced to do it. Because I even seen a lot of times in, in groups that they tell you, people telling you, you should do it so you can preserve and you gain more value. So these people are looking at value. They're not looking at the comic book. They're not looking at preservation of the comic book. They're looking at value. How can they resell it later on? They see it as an investment. Now, if you get into this collectible world as an investment or as part of that, you know, you're going to have problems. That happens with statues. That happens with collectibles that happen with action figures don't get into it don't get into collectible just for how much money you can get out of it do it for fun it's a hobby yeah it is a business for some and let it be but don't get in with that mindset that i'm going to make money because i buy this i slap it and then i'm going to make money down the road no because you might never make the money regardless of what grade you get but you spend money not only in buying an expensive comic also getting a third party just to grade it for you and to tell you how much it is worth you know and then of course that doesn't mean that you're going to ever be able to sell it at some point You never know. You might sell it. You might get your money back or you might not. It depends because this is very, a very unstable ground. The the comic book world is very unstable as it is. So just enjoy for what it is. Enjoy the stories, you know, just get into it for the fun of it. But don't get yourself in debt or don't get yourself into this speculation mindset that all it does, it costs more harm than good. So that's my opinion. I would like to hear you. So once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the podcast, whether it's iTunes, Teachers, Preaker, CastBox, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify. Thank you very much. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. 
Follow me on social media. You can do that on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. All the links are down below. And also consider supporting me financially. You can do that through uh, Patreon. You can do that on a monthly basis. Whatever amount you decide to do, it will help me. Or you can do it as a one-time gift through PayPal or through GoFundMe. Again, the links are down below. So once again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye.